0: Take your Bibles right now to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And um, talking about the Great Commission, we are wrapping up our theme service for the month of October going through missions. But that does not mean that we're wrapping up missions. Actually, in a lot of ways, we're just getting started. We're excited for what the future holds and being part of what we call the Great Commission, what the Bible has given us of this Great Commission. If you were to break that down and understand, a commission is a command to act in a prescribed manner or to perform a prescribed act. That's what God did. He he gave us these instructions and he said, no, go do it. This is your instructions. This is your command. Go do it. We know this as go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the great command. That is the great commission. That is the instruction that he gave us. You know, we study the word commission. I, was, I, I say, if I'm going to say something all the time, I want to understand what it means. It's two words come together, the commission. It means to live with a mission or live with sending. Those words come together to conjoin, to make that message of that. We have a command to live our lives with going out, with sending, with a mission. That's what we do. We talk about one day we're going to stand before God. One day when this is all over and we have those rewards and the Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful servant," The question is, what did you do well? What did you accomplish? If we don't read the Great Commission and live out the Great Commission, we're going to stand there and God's going to be like, what did you do? It wasn't the command. It wasn't the mission. It wasn't the obedience that I gave you to do. You did your own thing. I don't want it to be like that. God said to go, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus went. At the end of his life, literally on the cross, he cried out to his father, it is finished. I did it. I did what you sent me to do. I fulfilled the mission that you gave me. But how do we do this? You know, you're driving down the road and you see people and you're thinking in the back of your mind, I wonder if they go to church. I, know if, I wonder if they know Jesus Christ. I, know if, I wonder if they have that peace that I have. Have you ever thought that? And then the question is, how do I get it from my mind and my heart to their ears and their heart. You know, you could just have me roll down the window and like scream out the window. Do you know Jesus? I mean, it's like this idea of how do I get it out there? And That's not effective. Screaming at people as you drive them the road. But the Bible did give us this command to go to them. Do we do that? I mean, I'm serious. I'm going to ask us some really hard questions. Because to be honest, guys, whether you're listening online or you're here in person we need to ask ourselves the really hard questions because I don't want to just go through the motions, okay, quoting Matthew West. I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just live my life and at the end of it say, what did I accomplish? Because of the fact is I didn't stop and step back and say, are we doing what God has called us to do? Let's study Jesus because we can't go wrong studying Jesus and says, this is Jesus fulfilling the mission. And the Bible says in Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus... Went. I mean, right there I could stop and just drive home that point. Jesus went. He went about all the cities and the villages. We could put it like this: Jesus went to Canal and Lithopolis and Grove City and Pickrington and Reynoldsburg. That's that's what he did. Cities and villages. A lot of times we get wrapped up in the Great Commission being, you know, Africa and Afghanistan and you know all these places around the world. And Jesus says, Don't forget you start where you're at. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus went to the uh, community. He went teaching in their synagogues. So he did stuff like we're doing. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and disease. Where? Among the people. That's where Jesus was. To be honest, let me make a phrase in the statement that God has put on my heart. It is wrong for us to measure success by the size of our gathering rather than by the obedience of our going. You think about that. If we were to say, how's, church, how's your church doing? We could sit there and say, great, we had a full house today. How's church going? Great, we, we, we had more this week than we had that. And it's almost like our measure of success is based on how many people come and sit and hear the instructions. Now, guys, should we come and hear the instructions? Could we, should we come and hear and, and, and worship? yes. Matter of fact, it's in the Bible that we do this. It's, it's don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, is the manner of some is. And God gave us those instructions. But I'll let, just uh, let me do a survey. How many of you guys watched the Buckeye game? Just be honest. You watched the Buckeye game yesterday. Raise your hand like you're proud. Come on. You guys are raising your hands like you're Michigan fans. You don't have to do that. You sit there and watch the game. We're really excited about it. Can you imagine? You know why they won the game? Do you know why they played and executed? So so here they are. The coach comes in. They gather together. They got the playbook. They bring everybody into a huddle. They sit there and say, all right, guys, what are we going to do? All right, we're going to go out there and make this play. Let's do what we practice. Hey, you were weak on this. Don't don't drop the ball on this, blah, blah, blah. And they go into all the instructions. Then they go, one, two, three, go, or whatever they say at that. And then they go out and execute what they talked about in the huddle. Can you imagine them going one, two, three, and all the, those, those linebackers lined up and then just sat on that bench and was like, all right, go team. And then afterwards they were like, why didn't we win the game? And they were like, well, nobody actually did what we read. I mean, we talked about it. Man, we got really excited about it. Man, we, we, we cheered about it. But then we just sat down and was like, go team. You see, how would it be for a church to gather in the huddle to encourage, to praise, to instruct. That's what we do, to be able to gather like this, to sit there and say, hey, guys, the world needs Jesus. Absolutely. Man, the world needs to be touched with the power of God. Absolutely. Man, the Bible says to go out there and tell everybody. Absolutely. One, two, three, go team. And then we go sit. Then we wonder, this is our battle in our minds, I just want to be, listen, I just want to be part of a church where people are being saved every week. Do you guys want to be part of a church that people are being saved every week? Okay, for the four, okay, let's see if anybody else wants that. (laughs) Do you guys want to be part of a church where people are being saved every week? Transition from darkness to light to encounter Jesus Christ, to be able to know what it's like to know that there is hope beyond the grave. That is the message of Jesus Christ sit there and say man I love it when we have people baptized I love it when we stir the waters I love it when people are giving their testimonies let me tell you here's the problem we have a big wish list of what we want but the difference between people being saved and people being baptized and where they're at in the middle is an element that God commanded that's the go. It's never going to be where you just put the sign out there and say, help found here, stop in any time. It doesn't work there. By the way, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus went to them. He said he went about all the cities and the villages, and he went to them to fulfill the mission. I'm not just talking about to have a mission. I'm not just talking about what our purpose is like I talked about last week. But I'm talking about to fulfill it. Here's what we have to do. To fulfill it, we must exit the building and go to the community. One thing COVID has done is it's majorly pulled us back to reevaluate things in life. Guys, honestly, we were, we were too busy as a world. We, some, in a lot of ways, we were too busy as a church. If we huddle, 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 and don't go, something's wrong that we are huddling and not going. If we're sitting there talking, talking, talking about the world going to hell and the world needing Jesus and not telling, 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 something's wrong. And I'm not trying to beat us up. Guys, this this is a family conversation, whether you're online or in person. Man, I'm just trying to be real. I don't want to just exist. I, I, I don't want to just go through the motions of this. The hard question is, have we done an effective job? Number two, not only exiting the building to go to the community, Jesus went to the villages and the cities and the people and the hurting, but then he took it to the next level. We must respond to the needs of our community. The Bible says in verse 36, And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now, this is, this is an amazing thing. Once you start seeing people for who they are and what they need, it's not just going to matter of being neighbors. They're going to be people that we want to reach with the gospel. It's a matter of opening your eyes, of understanding that is our mission field. Jesus saw the woman at the well. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Jesus saw these people, and he went to them. He was moved with compassion. He was stirred up. Now I know I joke about football, and I love football. I love watching it, and all those things. But it's a matter of the fact that it bothered us, guys. It bothered us when they said there's going to be no Big Ten football. Man, we were really I mean, we were willing to you know barge downtown and and boycott this and stand for this and picket this. I mean, it was like, hey, we want football. But I don't know how much we get stirred up when we start talking about people being lost and needing Jesus. The Bible literally said he was moved with compassion. He was stirred up on the inside. It aggravated him. It it, it stirred him to want to do something about it. He was moved. And then he took action. The Bible says that in verse 35, and he went about the cities and the villages, teaching in synagogues and preaching the gospel and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. It was not just the spiritual that he did, but the physical needs that they had. It's amazing, the love of God. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But what was his motive for sending Jesus was that he so loved the world. People's minds and hearts and eyes are changed when they encounter God's love. You know, let me prove it. The Bible says that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Man, when somebody in God's love for us was so sacrificial, so shocking, He wasn't going to the up and up. He was going to the down and out. He was going to the outcasts. He was going to the ones that have been divorced and divorced and divorced and divorced and divorced. The woman at the well was divorced five times, and Jesus took a priority to say she needs help, not criticism. She doesn't need to be run down. She needs to know that she has value and loved. She needs to know that we're there and that we care about her and the disciples were off getting lunch while Jesus was doing this. See, the lost respond to love and love is something that God has given us to show. It's amazing how we can know this and not give this because Jesus came to us and we have to go to them and open their eyes by this agape love that he's given us. Remember, our goal is to fulfill the great commission. So let's look at it again. The Bible says... In Acts 1-8, both in Jerusalem, that's right here. That's our surrounding. That's our neighborhoods. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're going even this coming Thursday. But it also says in, in all of Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. This represents the uttermost parts of the earth. We're talking about our Columbus area or our Jerusalem. But God has given us this thing to be able to reach out to our community with our resources, our talents, our people, our resources that we have been given to reach people To impact them with the gospel around us. That is the Great Commission. But there's a, a second part of this that he says, but all in Judea, which literally means that there's parts that we can't reach out to. Our reach is only so far. Our influence can only go so far. But then there's other parts of Columbus that we just simply can't get to if we stay where we're at. You see, to fulfill the Great Commission, we must, listen to this, we must reach beyond our community. This is fulfilling the Great Commission. Within the ministries of Fellowship Baptist Church, God has blessed us with a lot of resources, a lot of blessings through the years, a lot of big things. 55 years, God has blessed Fellowship Baptist Church here to do amazing things. But then there's another part of taking those blessings and those resources God God has given us. And according to Romans 10, verse 15, he says, the ones that are beyond your reach, he said, how shall they preach unless they be sent? You see, the only way that we can reach the other areas of Columbus is we've got to let go of some of what we have, descend it to the other areas of our city, so that we can replicate and duplicate and multiply our influence and our impact.